0: That's a good song. Take your Bibles. Turn with me to the book of Philemon. We were there in Sunday school. We're going to be there again. For the morning service, Philemon. And it only has one chapter, so if you've got more than one chapter of the book of Philemon, I need to see you after the service. <laughs> There's something wrong with your Bible? Book of Philemon, we're just going to look at three verses, verses 4, 5, and 6. Let's all stand together, if you would. And if your neighbor does not have a Bible this morning, please allow them to look on with you. Beginning in verse 4, says, and this is Paul speaking to Philemon. Philemon is a, a man who uh, had a slave of his runaway, crossed paths with with uh, the Apostle Paul, he led him to Christ. He's in the process of sending him back. He now has had a real influence in the life of Philemon prior to this, and uh, now in the life of Onesimus. And he says this in verse four. He says, I thank my God making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus, and towards, toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we want to thank you this morning for your grace and for your mercy and for your love. I thank you, God, for the salvation that is so freely offered in Jesus Christ. I I thank you, Lord, for your Bible and the opportunity to be able to open it up and learn from it, open it up, and allow you to, word for word, minister to us because you have given us your word and and, and you've given it by inspiration. You've preserved it over the years and we hold it in our hands with our King James Bible. We thank you for that. We ask, God, that you would speak to our hearts this morning. We pray, Father, that that, uh, you would have your will and your way as you speak. May we respond, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. I want to draw your attention particularly to verse 6 that says that the communication of thy faith may become... Uh, effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Uh, I'm speaking this morning on the importance of communication. Uh, And and the communication needs to be effectual, according to the Word of God. And and it is so important. I've said this, I've said this for years, that uh, uh, the most important Thing that I believe parents uh, should maintain throughout the the stages of bringing up their children is to have effectual communication with them in every single stage of life. That uh, you know, you do that and you'll keep your kids. Uh, you you lose that communication and and you'll lose those kids because communication is of utter importance. Um, much rises and falls upon how effectual we are in our, in our communication. And, uh, what, and particularly, it has to do with communication in conveying faith. And that's true when, when we're witnessing so that someone might, might be saved and, and understand the gospel. It's also true... Uh, when, when uh, we, we speak to those that are already saved and we want to help them, we want to encourage them, we want to be a blessing to them. It's important for the communication to be clear and the communication to be effectual. Uh, we, we see the importance of communication in, in two specific areas. First one I already mentioned is, is uh, in salvation. And the whole reason why you're saved is because... God communicated to you. He got the message to you. You look back in in Genesis chapter three, and you find even the garden, and you find the serpent in the garden. And one of the first things that come out of the serpent's mouth is, "Yea, hath God said?" What was he doing? He was putting some doubt. And he was putting some questions in Eve's mind about the communications that she got from God. That just shows you just how important our communication is. And God communicates his plan of redemption. He re- communicates uh, his, his, his salvation to us. And he does it three ways. First of all, he does it by the word of God. The Bible says being born again Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, of the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Um, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have a Bible, amen? Amen. Uh, The reason why I got saved was because someone took the Word of God and showed me from the Bible what the Bible said. Up until that night that I trusted Christ as Savior, I did not know what God's plan of salvation was. I really didn't. I never really had heard it clearly and succinctly before. But that night I did because of the Word of God. And then the second thing, the second way that He communicates is with His Spirit, the Spirit of God. the Bible says that when Jesus Christ left, he said, I leave to you the comforter. He says he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Uh, the Spirit of God worked on my heart the night, night I got saved. If you're saved th- this morning, if you know for sure that your sins are forgiven and you're on your way to heaven, it's because one day the Spirit of God, maybe for many days the Spirit of God, worked on your heart and worked on your heart but what did he do he communicated he communicated truth to you through the word of god and then the then the the third the third way that god communicates his plan of salvation is through people uh go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel uh, we're, we're supposed to 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 go and teach all nations uh, it it's, it's, not only, it's not only our duty to do so, it's a privilege to do so. But we want to make sure that we do so effectively. So communication is seen in salvation. It's also seen in sanctification. In other words, once, once you get saved and God starts working on your heart and your life and sets you apart in order to, to do in and through you what he wants to do, God uses communication. And when you think of it, communication is really got two parts to it. Communication is speaking, but it's also listening. Because if there's no one to listen or the switch is turned off and they're not being heard, uh, then there really isn't any communicating going on. And, and uh, sanctification is... Uh, in our lives, after we get saved and we start getting closer and closer to God in our Christian walk, it involves both. It involves it involves speaking and it involves listening. Um, sanctification is just simply being set apart from sin and getting closer and closer to God. It's not just turning from sin and getting further away from it. But as you get further away from sin, we need to get further or closer and closer. Uh, to, to our God. And it's a, it's a continual process. It's a continual process. It's, it, none of us ever arrives. Sanctification, however, involves, as I said, two things. It involves revelation and response. Uh, God reveals to us what he wants us to do. And he does so very clearly through his word. One of the reasons why uh, you and I need to be in our Bibles all the time and daily, is because that's where you get your marching orders from. Uh, You're you're gonna know what it is that God would have you to do through the word of God. But it's not enough for us just to know what it is, not just enough for him to speak to us, to reveal those things to us, but we need to respond, and we need to to properly react to those things. Revelation is, is simply the truth of God's word. Uh, I, I, you have to have an understanding of what God says. And the response is, is uh, through prayer and through obedience to God. We respond to Him and do what pleases Him. If I'm going to grow, uh, I've got to be sensitive to God's uh, attempts to speak to me. And he he speaks to me through three basic things. I I thought maybe there's a fourth one, and I'll I'll throw that in there here in just a minute. Uh, But but, uh, there's three basic ones that that he speaks to us with. Number one, he speaks to us through his word. Uh, He tells us what is truth. He tells us what he expects of us. And then secondly, he speaks to us through the spirit of God. Uh, His spirit beareth witness, with our spirit that we are the children of him and then thirdly he speaks to us through others he uses people i would add a fourth one on there uh i i believe that he he also speaks to us uh, through circumstances through through difficulties and we 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 look and we we see the hand of god in things and that's that's god speaking to us that's god trying to rattle our cage and get our attention or help us to see something just like in Karen's song this morning about his eye is on the sparrow, uh, you can see how God takes care of birds. He takes care of birds, he takes care of deer, he takes care of the wildlife. Uh, and that's, that's a wonderful thing. But listen, if he takes care of them, how much more will he take care of you if you're saved? Uh, because, because he loves you, because he cares for you. You know, I would imagine that the PETA folks would not really particularly care for that verse that she quoted about, are, are you not much more worth many sparrows? Uh, PETA would say, no, 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 sparrows are worth, no, 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 people are worth more than sparrows, sorry, they're more more—they're worth more than spotted owls and all the, all the, the whole rest of it. Uh, Jesus didn't die to save the owls, he died to save human beings, Amen. And uh, so you can, you can rest in that. But those are, those, are, those are three things in particular that he speaks to us by, by his word, by the spirit, and by people. Now, God communicates his word, that means, through uh, others to us. So we need to pay attention. Uh, whether, it, you know, it, the, obvi- the obvious place is preaching and teaching of the word of God. But there are other places there are other places we see that. Uh, we see that in day-to-day communications that we have with one another. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to exhort one another. That means be a blessing to one another, be an encouragement. Uh, you know, keep, keep, you know uh, Encourage them to keep on keeping on, so to speak. And uh, uh, God communicates his word through others to us. And so we need to have our ears open and listen. God communicates his word uh, through us to others. And that's a responsibility that we have. You know, we have a responsibility to listen when God is using others to, to help us on something, and, but we also have a responsibility to be a blessing and a help to others. Take your Bibles with me, if you would, and turn to the book of Ephesians. This is a verse that we memorized. Well, I say we memorized, we said it. Some people memorized it, I'm sure. But it was the part of the uh, verses of the month last month. Ephesians chapter 4. And look down in verse 29 toward the end of the chapter. Ephesians 4, 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Now, why is that? Well, first of all, because it's wrong. In other words, don't gossip. Why? It's wrong. Don't swear. Why? It's wrong. Don't, uh, don't, uh, uh, don't uh, say, uh, you know, participate in backbiting and, and, uh, and uh, uh, gossip campaigns. Why? Because it's wrong. It's just wrong. It's corrupt communication. But notice what the rest of the verse says. But that which is good to the use of edifying. Your tongue ought to be used for for something more than just a garbage dump that spews out junk. It ought to be used to edify. It ought to be used to bring others to Christ. It ought to be used to to, uh, uh, show other folks uh, and and encourage other folks, uh, show them that God is, is watching over them and taking care of them. Good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Boy, that last part of that verse, every time I read it, it just blows me away. It, what it says is, is that my tongue can be used as as, as, as as poisonous as this tongue can be sometimes. This tongue God can use to minister, if I say the right things at the right time to the right people, I can be used to minister grace to the hearer. Um, that's a tremendous responsibility. Be careful of what you say to others. Think about your communication before you, you say it. Uh, you know, so oftentimes we just flip off, and I'm just as guilty of this as the next guy, uh, maybe more. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, you know, we, we get to, to think that everybody needs to hear our opinion about every single thing that we know. I got news for you. Uh, not all the things that you and I talk about, not all the things that you and I say to others, edify. Sometimes we tear them down. Sometimes we discourage them. And, and I, I don't know that we're even doing it on purpose, but because we don't watch our communication and we don't understand how important it is and what kind of damage we can be doing. You know, there are, there are times we share negative information with people about other people. That is absolutely, totally unnecessary to, to give to someone. Uh, if, if you don't like someone or you don't like something, it isn't always necessary that you air your opinion to people. Now, there are times when it may be necessary to give out information, but I, I, I'm convinced we say, it, we say things a whole lot more and we allow more corrupt communication out of our mouth than what we even realize sometimes. And be, so be careful what you say and be careful what you listen to. And I, I mean that even in a positive way, not, nece, not necessarily negative, because it says it says that you may minister grace unto the hearer. Sometimes you're the speaker, other times you're the hearer. And when you're the hearer, if you're not careful, you're going to miss something. God may have placed that person in your life at a particular time, at a particular place, for a particular reason, and he or she has something that they're going to say that's going to help you. If a person's not saved and God puts you in in their path, uh, the reason why God puts you in their path is because he wants you to express to them the salvation that's free in Jesus Christ. And, uh, and th- that's a responsibility that we have. But, but God may also put you in someone else's path to help them grow in Christ. God may put you in somebody else's path because they've got something to give to you. We not only need to be, be careful what we say, but we need to be careful about what we listen to. Take your, take your Bibles, keep, stay in Ephesians, uh, go to Ephesians 5, and then also go to Colossians You're in Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians. Go to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to start there. Colossians chapter 3. Ephesians 5, Colossians 3. Ephesians chapter 5, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now go back with me to Ephesians because these are companion passages Ephesians chapter 5 verses 18 and 19. Verse 18 says and be dr- not drunk with wine where in excess but be filled with the spirit. By the way that isn't that isn't an option that's a command. That's a command. That's just like you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature says be filled, be controlled by the Spirit of God. Verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Spirit-filled people are full of the Word. Spirit-filled people communicate with each other. It says, speaking to yourselves. Communication is of utmost importance. It's not just so that God can, you know God does not fill you with his spirit just so he can guide and direct you for you. But he, he wants to fill you so you can be a vessel that can be a blessing. There's a, there's a song in our, in our songbook, and I love the song, We don't sing it very often around here, but I really like the song, Make Me a Blessing. That ought to be a prayer on your lips every day. Just, Lord, make me a blessing. Uh, And one of the ways you can be a blessing is by the way that you communicate, but you must be filled with the Spirit of God. And when you are filled with the Spirit of God, you'll communicate with others and be a blessing. It talks about teaching and admonishing. When was the last time... You and I don't mean sit them down and give them a lesson, okay? But when was the last time you were able by your speech to give someone something that was edifying to them? It was encouraging to them. That taught them something that uh, would be would be a blessing to them. Uh, when was the last time you admonished? And, and again, that's the negative side of it. That's reproof and rebuke. And warning Uh, that's not that's not the fun thing we don't like that we 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 have a tendency I know I have a tendency to uh, want to pull back from confrontation but if it's done with with a uh, with the filling of the Spirit of God uh, and it's done in a loving caring way uh, it, it, uh, will be, it it will at least be effective coming out of your lips. Now, whether or not it's effective going into the heart depends upon how the person that you're speaking to uh, hears it. But, but teaching and admonishing, uh, both of those things are very, very important. It's very important that we, we be careful how we do that. And the number one thing that's important is be filled with the Spirit. Have the Spirit of God control your lips. Have the Spirit of God control your heart. Have the Spirit of God control your mind. If that isn't going on, watch out for what comes out of the mouth. And that's why it's so important. You know, so many times we think, well, you need to be filled with the Spirit for preaching. Well, you do. You need to be filled with the Spirit for soul winning. You do. You need to uh, be filled with the Spirit for teaching Sunday school or doing junior church or doing master clubs or... Yeah, that's true. All those things, but you know what? You need to be filled with the Spirit for fellowship. You need to be filled with the Spirit in your house when you speak to your kids, when you speak to your wife, when you speak to your your, your husband, when uh, you know, when you just have everyday conversations. Why? Because this tongue is full of deadly poison, <laughs> and it'll listen if it doesn't have a bridle on it. it'll it'll take off in the wrong direction. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of thy mouth. Why did he say that? Because that's the natural tendency. And what we ought to do is we ought to be looking for ways that we can communicate and be able to be a blessing. Um, God speaks to lost people through saved people that have the answer. God speaks to other saved people, other Christians, uh, through other Spirit-filled Christians. Uh, You know, you've got to have, it's absolutely essential that you have a good relationship with folks. Now, I realize sometimes it's not possible. You know, the Bible says... uh, it, uh, as much as lieth in you be at peace with all men as much as lies in you in other words do everything you can do and sometimes it's not received i understand that uh, you know there have been people over the years that i have tried to uh, have a good relationship with and it just is not not received. make sure it's their fault and never ever ever yours if you're going to be effective in communication It is absolutely important that you you work on having a good relationship with others. talked about this a little bit in Sunday School, and I'm just going to reiterate it just for a moment. Um, One of the reasons why we have a a tough time having relationships with others is because when we look at others, we first see the negatives, and then we see the positives, and sometimes we totally ignore the positives we don't we don't focus on the positives we focus on the negatives with them uh, apostle paul told the the uh, church at corinth that he appreciated them in the first chapter that's that's the first and pretty much almost the last positive things that paul said about the church at corinth from that time forward why? Because they needed a good tongue lashing. That's a book of rebuke. That's a rough book, really. When you look at it, it's a rough book. Um, but what did he start out with? He started out with, "Listen, you folks have been a blessing," and I believe he meant it. I don't believe he, you know, I don't believe he, uh, uh, I don't believe he, he whitewashed it or anything like that. I believe that he really, honestly, truly meant it. And, and uh, he, he looked at those folks as a blessing and he wanted to be a blessing to them and that's why he spent the rest of the book reproving and rebuking them because it was absolutely necessary. Um, but where we have a problem is we let all those, all those little irritations and so forth get in the way. Uh, before you can be a blessing to someone, before your communication can be effective, you can't be looking at people as a pain in the neck. You can't be looking at people as a constant irritation. And if you're doing that, you say, yeah, but this person is, no, no, they're not the problem. You are. Okay? Let's make that clear. You're the problem if that's all you see or that's what you see first. You say, well, that's not all I see. I see one or two things and about 150,000 other things that are (laughs) rotten. No, 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 no. No, you, you, need, you need to have the right viewpoint going into the thing in order for the communication to be effective. And, uh, you, you know, that depends on having, to the best of your ability, a good relationship. By the way, you know what? you got to have a good relationship with every single person in this church. Boy, it's quiet. There wouldn't be nobody in this church that you wouldn't enjoy sitting down and having fellowship with. You say, yeah, but you know, so-and-so, hold, stop. They're not the problem. I don't care what their problem is. You are. Get that down. If you don't get anything else in the message this morning, get that If you can't get past a problem with someone it's not their problem it's yours has God been merciful to you yes has God been gracious to you yes has God been forbearing with you oh my word are you kidding over and over and over again if God treated me like sometimes I treat other people or look at other people. You know what? He wouldn't even spend, he wouldn't even spend five seconds with me. And he know, I mean, he doesn't know the things that you know. He knows a whole lot more than you know. He knows what's in the inner recesses of my rotten heart. A heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You can't, I can't. God does, and he loves us anyway. Isn't that a blessing? <laughs> I mean, really, that's a blessing. And so our, our, our whole viewpoint needs to change. Um, uh, I, I, I've heard people make, and this, I've heard enough people say this that it just kind of sticks out. I've heard Christians from time to time say, well, I'll tell you what, I'll be honest with you, I have a better, better relationship with a lot of lost people than I do with a lot of saved people. You just revealed the fact that you've got a real problem. The problem isn't the saved people. The problem's you. And if if if, 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 if you uh, don't have a better relationship with saved people than you do with people that do not know Christ is Savior, now we should have we should have be at peace with all men, saved or lost. Uh, but if you don't have a better relationship, there's something wrong with you, and understand that. Okay, get that down. Understand, it's not their problem. It's, it's your problem. And and it's, the, the other thing is we not only should have a, a good relationship, but we, we uh, ought to listen when others speak. And, and honestly, according to the verse in Ephesians, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. Your growth depends upon it. Your personal growth absolutely depends on it. Uh, God may be using other people to get a truth to you. Um, God may use a testimony that someone has to help you see something that maybe, maybe something you're doing wrong in your life, maybe something you're doing right in your life, and you, and you just need to be encouraged. Uh, God, God may be wanting you to teach or admonish them. Well, you're not going to do that if you don't have a, a good relationship, if you don't work at it. Uh, so, you, so And it also means that you need to listen to them. There's, there's some folks that when you sit them down, you start to have fellowship, uh, they just proceed to think that you are their personal class and they're going to teach you because after all, I know more than you do. There's a problem there, and can I still learn from those kind of people? Yeah, if I got the right attitude, I'll still learn. You know, like like I like I said to a, a fellow one time, I can get a blessing out of anybody. I can even get a blessing out of you. Uh, you can get a blessing out of anybody. You can even get a blessing out of me. <laughs> okay, uh, but it, it's 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 important that we that we have uh, and and nurture right right relationships and. We not only need to to talk; we need to listen, and and uh, and discern what other people's needs are. You know, we don't just listen just for what we can get out of it. We listen for what for what uh, we perceive to be needs of others. My wife has a a talent that I don't have. Uh, I, I'm just I'm. I, it may be a talent, it may just be that she's more, if she, I'm sure it is, she's more attentive than I am. Um, but she will hone in on somebody's likes. Somebody will come in, we'll be under you, if you come into our house and say, you know what, I really like whatever, you know? I, I, I really like eaters." Well, she'll find a whole bunch of things that, are, are, that have eaters on them and give them to She will. That's just the way she is, okay? Uh, you know what I appreciate about that? Now, I'm not picking on her. So I pick on her enough. I need to at least once or twice uh, you know, say something that's a little bit more edifying. But uh, she, will, she, will, she will pick up on that stuff. You know what we need to do? We need to pick up on that stuff a whole lot more. Not, not necessarily the anteaters or the cows or the deers or the owls or whatever. Um, but, we, but although that's a good start, that's a good good place to start. But pick on, pick up what they need. You can't pick up what they need if you don't know them. You can't pick up what they need if you haven't spent some time with them. You can't pick up what they need if as soon as we say amen, you're right out the door. Ain't going to happen. You've got to, and it's your responsibility to know those people. Uh, you know, what, what do you know? You know, I've been, I've been many, many moons around this place. And there's things I'm still learning about people. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm learning about talents. I'm learning about. Ability. I hope I learn about a whole lot more talents at the at the Christmas concert. That I see uh, folks doing things I've never seen them do before. That'd be good. But uh, uh, we have a responsibility to to plug into those things. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to First Thessalonians chapter four, if you would. First Thessalonians four. One of the things that, that you need to understand is in this area of communication we're not only responsible for what we say but we're responsible for how we say it and I'll give you a third thing we're responsible for the perception if you know if you find if you, if, if if someone perceives you to be bossy. And you say, well, I'm not bossy. It doesn't make any difference. They perceive you to be bossy. What should you do? Back off. Back off. Why? Because then you'll be heard better. And it's important that we communicate with one another. Uh, We're we're responsible for what we say. We are responsible for how we say it. And we're responsible for how we come across. and you can't, you can't fine-tune that stuff if you don't get to know people. We've got one of our, one of our men right now that's working on, on uh, two fellas that are not saved and uh, been, been witnessing to them pretty diligently. Uh, one of the things I've noticed, he's getting to know them. He's getting to know them. He's, he's uh, finding out what their interests are. He's finding out uh, what, uh, what 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 uh, struggles they have and so forth. You know why he's doing that? So he can slip the gospel. He was just telling me here the other day. He says, yeah, we're talking. And I don't remember the, the details of the thing, but he said, we were talking about this, and he gave me an opportunity to just slip in the gospel. Well, you know what? You can't do that with folks you don't know. Uh, we, get, we need to get to know. Listen, we are living... <laughs> Even before the COVID came, we are socially distanced people. <laughs> we are. We re- Social distance, oh, that's going to really help things in America. <laughs> uh, I, I realize for, for, uh, for distance, fine. But, but don't let that distance stop you from getting in somebody's heart. We need to get in one another's hearts. We need to be, be know each other and, and so that we can minister. Uh, you, you've got to get to know people in order to know their needs. Uh, the better you know them, the more freedom you have to meet their needs. Um, look down in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, and look in verse, uh, verse 9. 1 Thessalonians 4 9. It says, But it's touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you. For ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Now, who's he talking to? He's talking to the church at Thessalonica, and he said, I don't need to talk to you about love. You folks are doing a good job, and I know that because I know you. So he didn't talk about love. Now, when he was talking to the church at Corinth, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 is the charity chapter. Uh, that that's love in action, and he he spent a whole chapter on that. Why? Because they were short. But he knew they were short. Okay, I know it's scripture and would have written it anyway. But but my point is, the, humanly speaking, the reason why he knew that was because he knew the people, and he he spent time with them and he and he got to know them. Look down in the same chapter, First Thessalonians four. Look down in verse. Uh, 13. It says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so then also, uh, them also which sleep in, in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be ta- caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in, in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. He didn't talk to them about love, he talked to them about the blessed hope. Why? They were short in that area. They were were confused about Christ coming back. They were looking for other things. They weren't looking for His return. And so He wanted to be a blessing to them. Look at what verse 18 says. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You can't comfort folks if you don't know where they're coming from. You you can't comfort folks if you don't know what what they're dealing with. It's our responsibility. Go to, go to chapter uh, 5 and look with me in verse 11, 11 through 13. <clears throat> verse 11 says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. And notice, back up in verse, verse twelve it says, know them. Get to know them. Get to know people. Uh, invest in people. Invest in their lives. Uh, how well do you listen? First of all, to God. How well do you respond to God when he speaks to you? Whether it be in your Bible reading, whether it be in a circumstance or situation, whether it be God's uh, conveying truth to you through, through preaching or teaching or just in conversation, when God shows you something and communicates to you, how well do you respond to him? And let me just go one step further. Is there anything that God has communicated to you that you've resisted him on and are still in that state of resistance. You will not be an effective communicator. You will not be able to be used of God to be a blessing to the lost and the saved if you don't first learn how to respond to God. And as we respond to him and those things he speaks to our hearts about, we're able to communicate to others. And then secondly, how well do you communicate with others? You know, I are you are you an effective communicator? I you know, I don't I don't really prefer the term soul winner. I I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong. I don't think it's 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 inaccurate. I just don't prefer it. I prefer the word witness. Because yes, you 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 might you may win someone to Christ from the standpoint of, of giving them the gospel and so forth, but But effectiveness isn't isn't all in results. It's are you witnessing? Are you telling other people about Jesus Christ? How well do you uh, know some, you know, and gotten close enough to some lost folks? And I'm not talking about participating in their sin, but I'm talking about getting into their lives so that you can be an effective witness to them. And then secondly, how about the saved? You know, we ought to exhort We ought to admonish, we ought to reprove, we ought to rebuke, but we can't do that effectively if we first aren't listening to God and then secondly have and work at a a, a relationship with others. Again, uh, our attitude, how we look at people, is extremely important. If people are nothing more than an irritation, you won't be a blessing. And I don't care how irritating they are. If that's all... You know one of the reasons why sometimes we lose our kids? Because our kids get the impression that's all they are to us is they're a pain in the neck. I remember years ago when When our kids were growing up, Joel was getting ready to hit the teen years. And he was a year or two away. I'm not exactly sure where he was in the growth stage. But he looked at me and and he says, boy, Dad, he says, real soon, I'm going to be a teenager. And he said it almost threatening, (laughs) you know, like, I'm going to be a teenager. (laughs) So what do you think of that? (laughs) And I just looked at him. I said, yeah and I can't wait, and I meant it. I said, I can't wait. He says you can't wait? Really? He said, I've heard people talking to you and saying, yeah, wait until your kids turn teenagers, huh? And I've heard them say that, and you're looking forward to it? I said, absolutely, Joel. I said, I'm looking forward to it. You know why? I said, because I'm tired of talking about G.I. Joe's, Tonka trucks. And, uh, and playing on the floor, I, I'm looking forward to more adult kind of conversations with you. What, what, what was that all about? Well, he, he heard that and said, hmm, you know, we, we've had struggles with some of our kids in their teenage years. But I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed their teenage years. You know why? Because that was my mindset going into it. Oh, the terrible twos. Well, you have that mindset. it will be a terror for, for a whole year, maybe more. Uh, it's so important that we have the right mindset, first of all, toward God. Secondly, toward others. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I thank you for the, the gift of communication that you've given to us. You have communicated to us. The reason why I'm, I'm, I'm preaching this morning, the reason why I'm saved this morning have my sins forgiven is because you communicated to me you gave me the gospel i'm so thankful for that lord you have been so good to us in in giving us communication but you've also given us a responsibility and that responsibility means we need to be right with you so that we can be effective communicators we need to be a, a blessing to the lost and give them the gospel. We need to be a blessing to other saved people. And we need to allow other saved people to be a blessing to us. Let us be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. God, I, I, I pray that you just take this message and, and use it in lives. I don't know how, uh, what you might be speaking to a heart about, but whatever it might be, I pray that they would allow your communication to them, not be on deaf ears. As we give the invitation that they would come forward at this old, old-fashioned old altar and do some business with you. Lord, there may be our services this morning, and uh, or someone even here in the sanctuary that they don't know for sure if they die, they go to heaven. They're not absolutely sure that their sins are forgiven. You have communicated to mankind through your word and through changed lives of people that you've already touched that uh, salvation is real and it's only through Jesus Christ. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is eternity and hell and physical death and agony afterwards. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord God please work in this invitation please have your will have your way as you communicate to us help us to respond to you in Jesus name we pray amen let's all stand together let's stand with heads